Welcome to Fusion Live, a podcast ministry from young adults to young adults searching for people to connect with and a purpose to live out. We're coming to you from Christian Assembly Church in Eagle Rock, California, and we're excited that you've decided to take this journey with us. Welcome to Fusion Live and our episode of Daily Bread. We are diving into scripture together. I have the privilege of doing this with Manakshi and Hiro. Say good morning. Good morning. Good so morning. Glad, so glad you guys are willing to do this. I love this daily bread, this moment where we can jump into scripture, see what it has for us today, what it has for each one of us and kind of talk it through. And I'm excited to dive into Mark chapter 12. So could I get a chapter overview for anyone who's listening who hasn't had time to read chapter 12 this morning? Could you walk us through it so everyone knows what we're talking about? Yes. So we have quite a bit to cover this morning, but I'm going to do it. Ira, as we should we should like have a stopwatch to see how long it takes you to get through it. Oh, that's true. that's true. No, because I, I this is something I can personally grow in in my life. I over explain everything. So I'm going to try not to over explain this chapter. So Chapter 12 picks up with a new parable called the parable of the tenants and pretty much uh, to sum up this story there's a man who plants a vineyard um, and uh, he rents these out till he leases it to, to some tenants and then um, as he moves on to another season of his life he sends uh, a servant back to, to the vineyard so that he could pick some fruits uh, from the tenants and uh, the the tenants they catch the servant they beat him up and then they reject them and send him back empty-handed so then the uh so then the owner sends another servant and then he gets beat up again and then they send him back and then he sends another servant and then uh this time um the the servant uh this time is actually the son of the owner and they actually plot to beat him and then um to actually kill him and uh so they take him, they kill him, and then they throw him out of the uh, the vineyard because they want to steal his inheritance. And uh, so then Jesus poses this question. He says, what's the owner going to do now, right? So then it says that he will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to the other. So then um, so then Jesus just talks about how uh, he's that he's that actual servant. He's the son that uh, that the stone that people rejected, that the builders have rejected. He has now become the cornerstone of the church. So that is the big takeaway of that passage. And then the religious leaders get really upset and they uh, plot to arrest them and to... Um, yeah, they plot to arrest him because they knew that Jesus was talking about them, that they were the the tenants. Um, so then the Pharisees, once again, they try to trap Jesus. They ask him, hey, um, who should we pay? Uh, who should we pay taxes to um, in the Roman in the Roman Empire? Um, and Jesus says, is it uh, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's? And and that is pretty much the big uh, takeaway right there. And um you're giving us all the good stuff. I like that you're hitting these big takeaways. There's a lot of stories. It's okay. Yeah. You can walk us through them. I, I love that he says to the Pharisees in this one, why are you trying to trap me? Like oh, he, yeah. This whole chapter is of like these challenges coming at Jesus, these questions. And so. Absolutely. Jesus just picks up on people's, uh, on these leaders' hypocrisy, and he's just not afraid to, to just tell it tell it to you how it is um so, so take us through the rest of chapter 12 i know there's more stories yeah. but that is what's happening here yes absolutely 
So then um, we're introduced to a, a group of people called the Sadducees, um, and they are people that are like these religious elites. Um, they're experts in the law. They have the Old Testament memorized. Um, but one thing is that they don't believe in the resurrection. So then they ask uh, Jesus about uh, some type of situation where uh, if a man's brother dies and then he leaves his wife but has no child, then the man has to take the widow and then uh, raise up offspring. And then and then in this scenario, there's seven brothers. Uh, the first takes the wives, but then he dies and has no offspring so then they ask him like when the resurrection happens um who's gonna who's gonna become this this wife's uh who, whose wife will she be and jesus pretty much tells them is this not the reason you're wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of god um and then pretty much he talks about how uh that they will neither be married or um there will not be marriage in heaven but there are going to be angels in heaven so uh jesus just pretty much calls him out and tells him you guys don't you guys don't even know what you guys are saying that you guys don't even understand the scriptures and and that's pretty much the big takeaway right there um Another another scribe comes up to Jesus and asks him, "Hey Jesus, which is which commandment is the most important in the law?" And and Jesus answered, "The most important is to love God uh, with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength." And then he says, "The second is equally as important, and that is to love your neighbor as you love yourself." And the scribe uh, tells him, "You're right, teacher. Like you truly have you truly said that He is the one, and there is no one besides Him, and that we are to love people like as we love ourselves." So then Jesus. Uh, loves his his answer so he tells him you're not far from the kingdom of god um then the next story jesus teaching in the temple and then we pretty much uh they're talking about david's uh uh david's lineage how the messiah would come through david's lineage so then jesus david actually refers to his son as lord so then the question is like who is who is david's lord right and jesus is talking about himself so that's what that is and uh then Jesus starts to teach another thing about to just pretty much beware of the scribes who uh, who value the way that they look, the their public image, their clothing, um, how much money they have. Jesus is pretty much talking about like these specific group of people um, who devour widows' houses and um, and they pretty much make long prayers so that they can look holy, like their image is more important than what's actually going on in their heart. And Jesus just says that these people will receive greater condemnation as a result of that. And then the last story is we, we pick up about uh, a widow's offering. After Jesus teaches uh, us about the scribes to beware of them, um, he sits down uh, right ne pretty much opposite to, to an offering box, and he sees these rich people getting in line to just donate large sums of money. Um, and then a poor widow comes, and she puts two small copper coins, which literally just is equivalent to a penny. And he calls all his disciples to him, and he says to them, he says that the widow has put more than all the, those who are contributing to the offering box because everyone else contributed out of their uh, large sum and their abundance while she gave out of her own poverty, which everything is, which is everything that she had and um, all that she had to live on. And that's pretty much where Mark 12 ends. And yeah, we could pick it up from there. Well, <laughs> we can go in so many directions. <laughs> There's so You're many talking things. so fast. Tyra. I know. I was going to say, I feel like I was listening to you on like, two speed or something <laughs> but you did that was it great job, Hiro. great job there's just there's just too many different stories too many directions to go and but you covered it all so wherever you are listening in that is mark chapter 12 all the details and i guess i just want to know if if a certain section stood out to you guys if there's any thoughts you want to share i mean where do we start what story do you guys want to start with I think something that stood out to me um, 
was that yesterday we talked about how uh there's the section where the chief priests and the teachers of the law heard you know jesus sharing about the uh or sorry he was uh, flipping tables yesterday is what we were talking about what we read about and the chief priests and the teachers of the law um heard this and began looking for a way to kill him for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching and we were talking about how the like the double side of the coin, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but like the fear of the Lord is taking place on like the actual scared side. Like these chief um, priests and teachers are like actually scared of him because the people, they're actually more scared of the people because of their amazement. But the people's amazement is also the fear of the Lord because they're like in actual awe and like reverence of like his teaching and like what's taking place. So we're seeing this like fear of the Lord take place in both ways. And I didn't pick up on the fact that it was the crowd that um, the chief priests and the teachers were afraid of because of the ways that they're, they were being transformed really is what's taking place. And in verse uh, 12, at the end of verse 12, um, the chief priests, again, the teachers of the law elders look for a way to arrest him. They're, they're trying to trap him, right? They're trying to trap Jesus. They're going to keep doing this all week until we get to um, the final, like, He's on trial and all the things that actually come to, to uh, come to play with that. Um, but with this verse, it clearly states, you know, the chief priests and the teachers, they were afraid of the crowd. So they, they left Jesus and they went away. And like just the significance of how much um, the people we surround ourselves with can influence um, the truth about what scripture says or about what the world thinks and how important it is that we turn to scripture in those um heavy moments and those hard times and of course we're reading this from you know a perspective where we get to see the whole picture and obviously these chief priests and teachers they're not like picking up on all of that um so it's just so amazing how like people pleasing can be such a such a sin and which is such a hard thing to say because like i struggle with people pleasing so often and like not wanting people to be mad at me or not being in conflict in such a way where you know i can be in a disagreement with someone and we can still be like respectful and civil towards each other but i if i'm being totally honest i don't know how to do that like i don't know how to be in disagreement with someone and still be like in some sort of like relationship with them. Like I'm just now learning how to do that in my life. And it's amazing how this one verse like totally hits that really to like my core of man, people pleasing can bring us to such a place where we're not able to, you know, stand up for the truth and like what Jesus says and what scripture says too. So that like really stood out to me. And now I feel like now as I read scripture, I'll be picking up on more of the ways that the chief priests and teachers are afraid of the crowd more than they're really afraid of like Jesus himself. They're afraid of this, the influence that he has on them. Of course, the good influence that he has on them, but you know, the chief priests and teachers aren't seeing it that way. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Manakshi. I think there's so, I mean, over and over again, we're going to see as the story continues on the power of the crowd and, and how it can sway and how people are making decisions based off of those. So that's really good. And I, I love that you connected it to your personal life and to today, because we are all eight, like struggling with trying to meet people's expectations and, right. and those around us and the crowd's voice versus what God's maybe said to us or what we know is true. 
Yeah, and I think another thing to keep in mind as well, I think that's something, a big theme in the Gospels is Jesus, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they care so much about their image um, that they've literally fell into legalism where they, um, and Jesus literally says that in verse... uh, verse uh 30 38 and he just says beware of these scribes who like to walk around in long robes and light greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogue so it's just like this idea of like these people these specific group of people love the fame they love the fortune they love the recognition and they see that as much more importance than the actual truth and and that's why like i think we read about it yesterday as well where when jesus was asking about the baptism of john was that from god or was that from man and and the pharisees knew if i answer it this way then then he's gonna ask me then why don't you believe in god or or if i answer it this way then then we're trapped right so then they said neither right so they it's just this pride that they like they don't want to face the truth like to them what's more important is how their image is um seen in, in the public's eye and um yeah it's 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 definitely um as we read more through the gospels um we're a lot like we can honestly say we're a lot like the pharisees in some areas of our lives where we care about our image like i know for me personally like i care about how people view me i mean Manash, you're a type three that's my that might speak to your core for sure you i know? literally i literally is about to be like hiro this is way too personal now <laughs> I don't mean to shoot at you, but I know, but I think I, I struggle with that too. Like I, I care about what people think of me. And, um, but at the end of the day, Jesus, Jesus cares about our hearts. I mean, even in the widow's offering, like the, yeah. right. Lindsay, what were you going to say? Well, I, I, I like what you're, you're hitting on this story and we see this in Mark chapter 12, him addressing this, like, don't be like these people don't do it. And then we go into the next story there on verse 41 and we see that there is a, these people who care what other people think, who are dressed in fancy robes and they're coming in and they're making their offering to the church and dropping a bunch of money because they have a bunch of money. And Jesus does this really incredible thing in verse 43. He calls all his disciples over and he says, look, there, you know, here, there's all these people doing this, behaving this way. But look at this widow who has come and she is giving everything she has. She's giving her her two cents, which is all she has to offer. But it's all in faith and out of love for, for donating, for giving back to the Lord. And he wants them to see this. It's, it's, it's amazing. I was kind of highlighted in morning devotions. But the, it's not even that just Jesus sees this widow and is like moved by her love and her sacrifice and her offering. But he also is like trying to teach the disciples, come, look, see, there's different ways to live this life. And this is what I value. And this is what's important to me. What she is doing is way more than than all these other people around here who are giving big sums and wearing fancy robes. And he's just highlighting it. And I, I was so impacted this morning thinking about, you know, I love to people watch. I love to see what's going on. And and that Jesus wants me to see these acts of kindness and generosity and giving from a joyful heart. And I mean, when I see that, when I see someone walking in those ways, it does bring me life and joy. And we see him highlighting it here in the widow's offering. Yeah, that's so good. And I love even the visual of like, man, if I was there as one of Jesus's disciples, like how would he be like showing 
me this, you know, the reality of kind of what's taking place. These people with the fancy robes dropping their money versus this woman who comes in and just helps to like understand heart, the heart even in an even deeper way, you know, and I, I asked the question this morning, like, is this literal? Like, are we to, you know, give everything? And I think there was such a good conversation about the bigger picture being, yes, giving everything because you're giving it from the heart, right? So in in the literal sense of giving, you know, all the material things, that's less about what God wants on the material side of things, but more about wanting all of our heart. And this woman, the way she gives, yes, it being in the literal sense, all she has financially, um, it was more about all she was giving with her heart. And I think that's so important, at least for me to be able to understand when it comes to giving and it going beyond the financial aspect of that, you know, and, and, and the 10% tithe, but rather my time and, um, you know, how I'm even spending that with the Lord, of course, in addition to like people and community and that being an important part of that. And, it's just, it's just so good. Scripture's yeah. just so good. I just love what matters to Jesus more than what matters to the world. I, I mean, I'm like, I want to be on Jesus's team. Like, I love this picture of this woman laying down everything she has. Absolutely. Versus showboating. So good. Years ago I when some... I started, oh, oh, I was, I was just going to say, you know, years ago when I started uh, giving to the church, um, one thing that I learned early on was that uh, some pastor has said it this way. He said that you can give without loving, but you can't ever love without giving. And that's always like been something that's like I live by. Like, you know, I think this is like a perfect example. Like you can give without loving if you have like the abundance, if you have extra charity. Like, I mean, that's just like charity, like extra money that people just donate. But here, like uh, this woman, like loved Jesus so much, was so devoted that she gave him like everything. So it's just this idea that uh, giving is always going to cost us something. And in this case, the poor widow, it costed her everything. And, and I think that's what Jesus is looking for is like, like is, is something that like that costs our own lives. I mean, Jesus teaches that throughout scripture. Like if we read a gospel that teaches that we don't have to you know that following Jesus doesn't cost us anything like that is an absolute like heresy like it following Jesus does cost us our own lives so um but Manaksh, what were you gonna say well what I was gonna say was something I think to pick up on and take away from what we've talked about this morning is that a lot of what we touched on you know appearance and how we are perceived by the world and people pleasing and approval of humans um you know the ways that we're giving and it being reflected of our heart you know when we're trying to do things like the world does them, it can be comfortable. Um, but when we focus on the way the kingdom of God is here on earth and how we can be living for his kingdom, it's uncomfortable. There are moments where that can be really uncomfortable. Our not caring, quote unquote, about our appearance to how we might be perceived by humans, um, giving in such a way where it doesn't matter what people are seeing. It's it's how we are in relationship with Jesus can be uncomfortable. Um, but I heard this quote once that says growth and comfort can't coexist. And so if you find yourself in an uncomfortable position today or this week, um, maybe doing something for the Lord that's new to you or is just part of um, how you're growing, trust that because you're uncomfortable, you're growing. And at some point when you look back on whatever it is that you're experiencing, maybe you do give a little bit more financially. Maybe you do spend a little bit more time um, with the people that are 
a little bit of a challenge. Maybe they're your enemies and it's hard to spend time with them. Um, trust that when you look back on those moments, you will be able to pick up on the fact that you've grown. You've gotten to the place where you went through that discomfort to be able to grow in such a way that allows you to experience the kingdom of God here on earth and as you continue your intimacy and relationship with Jesus. So get uncomfortable. It's okay to do that. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Fusion Live. If you are interested in getting connected with us, follow us on Instagram at CAFusion and DM us with any questions or Zoom information.